Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back to part two. Welcome back. We're still talking about paradoxes. And in the last one, we got off into a pretty complex discussion of maybe you call it like the metaphysical and epistemological reasons uh, Mm -hmm. why paradoxes might exist. Mm -hmm. And... When we were doing that, you had mentioned um, the learner's paradox and mm-hmm. this thing in the Mino. Yeah. Um, could you explain this? Sure. <laughs> um, do you want to do it? CG, if you. Uh, okay, you <laughs> fill in my gaps. Because uh, we talked about Mino, I feel like, before a little bit. Yes. Um, and I'm thinking of two related things. The one thing I'm thinking of is so in the Mino. Which starts out being a conversation about virtue. Yes. But winds up at some point turning to the issue of learning mm-hmm. because the initial question is can virtue be taught? Correct. Right? So they start talking about the concept of teaching mm-hmm. and stuff. And he says, he winds up making the claim that in order to learn something, it seems like you have an absence. Mm-hmm. That's gained, mm-hmm. but you can't really gain an absence. It's like you must already have the thing within you, because otherwise, how could you learn it? Because something completely outside of you, unknown, could never become inside of you. So he's like showing the slave this math problem mm-hmm. or a geometry with like squares and the slave's like I don't know what this is and he's like yeah but you know what a square is right and you know what an angle is right and so he's, he's walking him through it and the slave winds up coming to the correct conclusion mm-hmm. and he's like well see the slave like he didn't know these concepts mm-hmm. he figured them out himself because he already knew them because he already knew it even though he didn't know it mm-hmm. in a way yeah yeah, and, uh, and I think that the paradox, so what, what Socrates is trying to, to defeat, right, is this idea that the sophist that that's either you know stuff or you're completely ignorant, right? Well, instead, Socrates says, well, you do have knowledge of basic principles, aka the form, right? And then you derive everything else from there. You already know everything that there is that you need to know. And of course, it's that the Minos paradox is this idea that that he proposes as you were you were kind of referring to this idea is can you know if something is not part of you how can it become part of you right if it is if it is outside of you kind of how can we bring it inside either you know things or you don't right yeah it kind of reminds me of um so you know the question that Heidegger talked about that Holt talks about why is there something rather than nothing? Mm-hmm. 
um, a similar question is how did there come to be something if there was nothing previously yeah right like something can't come from nothing because a nothing is a zero mm -hmm. and a something is a more than a zero so like a presence can't just pop into existence from an absence it'd be like getting to the number 10 but all you have is zero mm -hmm. like you can add 10 zeros together a hundred zeros together a billion zeros together and you will never get 10 mm -hmm. right so like there has to there had to have always been something is the claim there and so the equivalent in socrates's case is there must have already been some kind of like proto knowledge mm -hmm. or forgotten knowledge that you're not that's not popping into existence out of nowhere but is just uh how would you say you're just actualizing yeah it's kind of the the i don't remember which episode we were talking about uh, something similar when i was talking about the switchboard right the switchboard is there and then uh the the then language have, language it might have been language yes logic yes. It, it was when you talk about the laws of thought yes so those yeah. things need to be there and then everything else develops it's like for socrates the same thing like the 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 general knowledge of things needs to be there the abstract knowledge of things needs to be there just and you never learn anything you just apply this to the specific cases right to, to, to the, the the world of being is already known by you you're just applying those things to the world becoming as you go to becoming as mm -hmm. you go um so do you think that this is another paradox similar to the one that we just mentioned or is it completely different there is something different there uh first of all good question um it could be a paradox if you indeed believe that knowledge can't come from non-knowledge Mm -hmm. because it's true that something can't come from nothing and nothing alone mm. so one way to solve it is to do the Plato thing which is to say all knowledge is remembering mm -hmm. um, but I'm wondering if another way out of it is to concede the point that something can't come from nothing but that there are proto somethings that could exist that while not yet something can become something that's under Aristotle's, certain conditions that's Aristotle's potentiality kind of yeah argument right so there is nothing but in this nothing there's the potential for something i guess right he kind of there is a nothingness that is pregnant with this explosion that it's going to become something right that's this idea mm. um but if that's the case, is it really a paradox, right? If we were right the first episode and paradoxes are those things that cannot be resolved, then maybe this is not a paradox? Right, yeah, it could be. It's kind of like, um, so when, when people talk about consciousness, mm -hmm. there's always the question of, hey, if tables and chairs and rocks and whatever are not conscious but some things are conscious that seems to point to a paradox because how do you add a bunch of non-conscious things together in a way that produces consciousness it's like the same kind of thing and that seems like a paradox but if you're a pan-psychist you believe that it's not 
you're not adding together a bunch of non-conscious things together to make consciousness. You're adding a bunch of proto-consciousness things or things that are just a little bit conscious. Um, I, and in which case that avoids the paradox. But I think that – so that's one of the things, one of the solutions to that specific issue. But there is also – I think that the people that are saying things like that are missing um, – I'm missing the point of emergence, right? Uh, they are not – they're kind of saying that, you know, things to get – when you add things together, there's nothing that can emerge from them that wasn't contained into into those those elements to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this people are making the mistake that this this philosopher um, that sooner or later we'll read a book about him, uh, and we'll talk with you guys about him. Um, Graham Harmon, uh, he calls this phenomenon. So he he thinks that these people are culpable of this thing that he calls undermining, uh, meaning that they are thinking that the most fundamental things about something complex are the elements of of the something complex, right? And they are unable to see the new quality can emerge from just putting those things together, right? Um, so this is the, they're missing this point. They're committing this 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 mistake, kind of. Yeah, it could be. So if you're Harmon, then it's not a paradox for something to come from a not that something. Exactly. Because new things can emerge from uh, other things. Which I kind of... I. I'm thinking I'm in that camp. You're in that uh, camp. I would think um, so. Another possibility is to just not be Harmon and to just say the concept of emergence is in itself paradoxical, right? That's like another position that might exist. Yeah, you could you could say that. Um, however, I don't see the so and saying that it's in contradiction that the idea is contra. But again, there's so many there's so many instances, and he has like a lot of examples. Harmon to to explain these things, um, I, all all we can all agree that all life is carbon based, right? And that that we know, that we know, of, sure, that we know, of, yes, that we know. Of. Uh, life on Earth, the one that we have discovered, like us, a horse, uh, horses, dogs, I don't know, bananas, uh, we're kind of made of the same raw materials, right? All those things. And yet, we emerge into different things, right? There's no doubting that we are different than dogs, horses, and bananas, um, which seems to kind of make it self-evident that emergence is something. And if that's the case, though, considering how, how various, how variegated is life on Earth, it seems the opposite of paradoxical. It seems common, right? Because maybe mm. one thing that we didn't say about paradoxes, paradoxes, in order to be so, they need to be, um, if not unique, rare, right? Some things cannot be, paradox- cannot be a paradox if it keeps on repeating in, in different places, right? Mm-hmm. That cannot be a paradox. That's the norm, right? Yeah, and I'm wondering... I think the uniqueness is right because it's not every day. It's not mm-hmm. everywhere. It's like, oh, these weird little spots. And, and to kind of a, you know, if we decide that really paradoxes are this, this short, circuit, short circuit between the, our mind and reality, for example, right? It is a paradox only if it happens rarely and in some specific situations. If it's happening all, all the time, it's not a glitch anymore. It's not a paradox anymore, right? Yeah, then it's just like 
the, the way things system. are. Yeah, the way <laughs> things are. But I think um, I don't. I don't want to do too much of this, but I, I think um, with the emergence thing, that could point to the conclusion you said, which is that emergence is not paradoxical. That's just it just has to happen. Like that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also point to it's not actually an emergence. It's something else. It's yeah. I mean, right? Like I think this is what the. Um, because so uh, okay, so they they make this <laughs> distinction between panpsychism mm-hmm. and then panprotopsychism. Okay, right, and so panpsychism is that there's basically a little bit of consciousness in everything, mm-hmm. and I suppose that would be the most anti-emergentist tick mm-hmm. of the the panpsychist camp because there's uh, there's all there's a little bit of ingredients in everything, mm-hmm. whereas the panprotopsychists say not that there's a little bit of consciousness in everything but that there's a little bit of proto-consciousness in everything and when you combine those there couldn't be a kind of like soft emergence into into consciousness and so like but otherwise no i think you're right so the example your whiskey example would be like a concept of undermining mm-hmm. right yes absolutely. okay um but okay so we have this learner's paradox at the end of the day do you think this is a this is one or is this just a weird i think it's a i think it's just a clever uh mm. a, a clever mechanism a clever tool that plato used like you calling a, socrates a sophist uh plato for sure <laughs> no, i think i think that was that's you know we can agree on that that it's just kind of the socrates has these rhetorical tools that he uses sometimes <laughs> to make people look bad right well, okay. So uh, a different paradox. I had. So, be, sorry, before before we yeah, go, yeah, yeah. We, we go on. So a couple of things, right? So can we? I think that we are at the point where we can kind of pinpoint some characteristics of paradoxes in general, right? We said that the rarity thing needs. It's one of them, right? They need to be rare. Uh, what else can, can? What else is there? They're contradictory, right? They, they, they show, show contra- something that at the very least seems like a contradiction. And the third one, which I think is the one that might be a little bit more controversial, I would say that in order to be paradoxes, they have to be impossible to resolve. They cannot mm. be resolved. I think or, that's fair. Or at least that we don't have a solution right now. Yeah, or at least they, they're impossible to be solved within the tools within which they are presented, mm. right? Because you could always, like, change a few terms and, in, and introduce new tools, and then you solve it. But it's, like, within the current system. Yeah, yeah, within the yeah. current... That's what I'm saying, at least for right now, right? Yeah, it, I think that's could, safe to say. There could be some of them that look like paradoxes, and then we gain some knowledge. We're like, oh, we're just we're ignorant about this, right? Yeah, and I mean... So, okay, so... we st- So we did um, the stuff with quantity... Mm-hmm. The the Zeno thing about the distance and half and math. And then we did the tadpole thing mm-hmm. slash sand thing. Now, something that's in that category, so I don't want to mm-hmm. present this as the next one, but that is similar is the ship of Theseus. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, at what point after swapping the boards of a ship does mm-hmm. it become a qualitatively different ship? And mm-hmm. I think that's that's a tough one, but it's also just another example of at what point do we do we cut the line? Yep. Now, 
a different type of one that we haven't talked about yet that is outside of what we normally talk about because it's it's more about time. Okay. Is you heard of the grandfather's paradox? I've heard of it. I cannot remember for the life of me what it is. So it's this. It's it pertains to time travel, right? Okay. And like when you think about time travel, kind of destroyed it, the, the the cat thing. Oh no! The what's that? The stupid uh, Schrodinger's cat? Yeah. No, no, no. This is separate. This is separate. <laughs> so this is like. Um, when you think about time travel, mm-hmm. because we tend to think about time in a linear way, which may be correct or maybe mm-hmm. not, I don't know, results in weird things. Mm-hmm. So the grandfather's paradox is basically if you go back in time mm-hmm. and kill your grandfather, mm-hmm. there's something paradoxical about that. Because your grandfather is the condition for the possibility of you existing. And so you might say, oh, no, but what happens maybe is that when you kill your grandfather at that moment, you bleep out of existence because you never existed. And it's like, fair enough. But if that's the case, how did you exist for the first time to come back around to kill him? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. That's, this is difficult. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering if this is just... Another one of those things that's about, you know, uh, first of all, we're assuming we're assuming so many things here. We're assuming that this time travel stuff is possible. It's right? real, yeah. So and maybe that's the, the condition. That's the issue there, right? Maybe this is not a real paradox, but it is a fictional paradox, which doesn't mean it's less real. The paradox is real when we put in the conditions of time traveling and those kind of stuff. And within that specific... Um, set of rules if you want it is paradoxical but I don't know that if there is anything to be I don't know if this window points to something real or if rather than a, than a window is just a mirror I don't know if it makes sense what I'm saying and I think it makes absolute sense you're saying within the context of the thing we call time travel it seems paradoxical but whether those constraints let's say mm-hmm. um actually exist is another question because if they mm-hmm. don't then these are just like fun little verbal things we happen to stumble upon i mean but let me ask you about that do you what do you think generally about quote unquote um time travel in the in the way that it's conceived of typically, like the, in science fiction? The way, the way in which we depict it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that the whole thing is paradoxical, if you want, right? Okay. Um, because I think that the idea that you can... And I know there's a lot of physics involved here, so I don't want to upset anybody, but I think that there's this idea that you're traveling through something that is not possible to travel through. Mm. simply because it doesn't exist in terms that we think exists. So so are you saying that the thing that happens in like TV shows and movies is not actually the thing that physicists talk about when they uh, talk about yes, it? Yes, yes, I would, I would think so, yes. Okay, and then any paradoxes that result from the thing as it appears in movies and TV is like not relevant because it's not the real way. 
It is. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think that's, I mean, probably need an entire episode on time traveling mm. because I think that, but again, really, this is nothing to what we're talking about. But anyway, I think that time traveling can happen only forward and never backward. Mm. Um, but I think you can theoretically can travel to the future, but not to the past. But this is a different, and again, Ooh, interesting. I don't think we have. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not prepared to defend this thesis, but I think that yeah, I mean that's, so that's one of them. Um, mm-hmm. The other one that comes to mind, which I don't know if this is a paradox either that people talk about, is something called I think it's like the Fermi paradox. Fermi, Fermi, right? And and this is the one because uh, I get it confused with Fermat's last theorem, okay. which is a di- which is a different thing. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the one that says. Like, if aliens exist, mm-hmm. they would have uh, technology capable of coming back and showing us things. But that hasn't happened yet. So, like, why do aliens not exist? Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not familiar with this either, but uh, I think I have. But again, is there, I don't even know if that's a paradox, right? It's just a way of the spirit. It's just, a, it, it seems more like a. Um, a syllogism, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, more than a paradox, and I'm wondering if you know, uh, maybe this is this is the other thing that we haven't talked about. There are some logical. Um, sometimes we might be confusing some logical difficulties with paradoxes, right? I think you're probably right. Sometimes things that seem very difficult, or things that might seem contradictory, they're not, um, and they're simply logical mistakes. That, that we make that makes us that make those things seem what they're not. Yeah. And um, and I'm wondering also, you know, if we talk about these things, if we talk about paradoxes in the term that we have described, right? If there are, um, so I think that it's, so we said they're rare, so there's not that many, and the kinds of them are even less. I think we have talked about. Two out of three. We haven't. I think we haven't found yet one that is um, that is not to do with our conception of things. It's pure. Let's say I don't want to say that it exists purely in the world, but it exists purely in perception, almost right. That it's something that we see that has nothing to do with uh, with applying it other categories, right? Because even okay, even when it comes with the with with the uh, grains of sand, right? We're still counting there, right? Even though we're looking, but we're still counting. But I'm thinking of um, some things that are, in call, that are called sometimes like impossible figures or impossible images, right? Mm. Those like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the, it, I think it's, it can be called a painter and illustrator, Escher. Um, oh, yes, that, yes. That, you know, that draws like the stairs that kind of, the, that don't make sense, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because they, 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 they don't know where they start or where they end, right? They, they're still going this way. I'm thinking if those things are worthy of being called paradoxes. Are there paradoxical images? Good question. So Escher has all these drawings mm-hmm. that seem to defy or reach the limits of logic or something like mm-hmm. that. One of them is that staircase where it goes up forever in some sense, but it's not actually going anywhere. It's just mm-hmm. looping around. Yeah. Um, another one 
is the hands drawing yep. themselves, right? Yep. That's the famous one. Um, another one is is the like the the reflection of himself in the ball. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Um, it, is this a paradox? This is a good question. I mean, I'm thinking of two things. The one thing I'm thinking of with regard to the stairs mm-hmm. is that at the end of the day, the reason it, it may seem like a paradox to us of reality against itself mm-hmm. is because we are forgetting mm-hmm. that a drawing is a two-dimensional image and it's not actually the thing the thing we're imagining it to be mm-hmm. in three or four dimensions or whatever. So like, mm-hmm. yes, an infinite staircase that loops around itself but is constantly going up is not a thing that could exist, but that's not literally what's on the the drawing. So maybe we could say the drawing is suggesting mm-hmm. a paradox that cannot exist, but the drawing itself is not paradoxical. Or in other words, the drawing is suggesting a contradiction, but is not actually a contradiction in the same way that me saying five-sided triangle suggests a con- uh, contradiction, but it doesn't actually exist. Mm. Okay, so... Those things are just suggestions, if you want, rather than real things, right? Maybe. I mean, I think some people think they exist, like the hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hofstetter, right? Douglas Hofstetter, mm-hmm. he talks about Escher a lot in the I Am a Strange Loop. Mm-hmm. And he talks about... Oh, it's, it's been a while since I touched this book, but I... I I read a fair amount of it like last year, like half or more than half. And he's basically trying to figure out um, what the concept of self is and mm-hmm. how it comes about and what mm-hmm. like the, the best way of conceptualizing it. And he says it has to do with this concept of strange loop. And he like mm-hmm. invents this terminology. He says, we all know what a loop is, mm-hmm. right? like a feedback loop or whatever. And he says a strange loop is like a circuit in which it starts kind of on one level. So a regular circuit would be like, I don't know, maybe like a, an electrical circuit, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a closed loop. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it exists on in the same type the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he talks about a strange loop, and I'm probably not going to do this correctly, totally correctly, but it's something like there's a loop that's closed, but it involves a type starting with one type, going to another level mm-hmm. and then coming back to that fundamental level. And that's what makes it a strange loop. Okay. And he, t- he uses a bunch of examples. Escher, the hand one, he really like thinks is the best one. But he also talks about, um, I think this is in this category, like a video camera. Okay. When you, when you set up a video camera and hook it up to a TV okay. so that the TV is showing what's coming out of the camera. Yeah. And if you point the video camera at the TV, something very weird happens, mm-hmm. which is it creates this like hall of mirrors type effect where it's infinitely deep because it's like you're pointing at the TV, which is showing the image of the camera pointing at the TV. Um, and it's like this infinite regress or seemingly infinite regress and like all these millions of things happen. And he basically thinks something like this is happening when it comes to self with the relation between, like, micro properties and macro properties or whatever. But um, 
I think if you're of that mindset, mm -hmm. you you might say that it's something paradoxical and yet is real. Okay, I, I'm not sure. I'm not so I. So two things there, right? Number one, from what I understand, your take is that those things that there's not such thing as there cannot be any such thing as paradoxical images. But the paradox is something that we can only attach to conceptual stuff. I think it has to because it's like, okay, you know salt, mm -hmm. more in salt, mm -hmm. the black salt with the girl yeah. on the, the umbrella? Okay. Yeah. In the more in salt logo, yeah. next time you look at it, is the girl mm -hmm. and she's holding more in salt. Okay. And if you look at it, there's a picture, obviously, of her on the cover mm -hmm. holding the more insult, right? Yeah. So there's not, there cannot literally be an infinite regress in that because there's only a, a certain amount of ink. Yeah. And, like, the, the artist didn't literally draw a million things. It's just suggesting some mm -hmm. kind of infinite regress, some kind of paradoxical thing. Um, so I think to the extent that artistic depictions are like that mm -hmm. then they're like they they conjure up paradoxes in our mind but they're not in themselves paradoxical and so using your language you're asking does that mean then that there's no actual reality to reality paradoxes but rather only in the conceptual ones that's the yeah. question yeah yeah i probably think so Mm. I think there's probably thought to thought and thought to reality, but I'm not sure we've come up with anything that po points to the existence of reality to reality paradoxes. Mm. Mm. It's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking, so I'm trying to apply those absolutely arbitrary categories that we have established to, to, to see what paradox is when it comes to, to vision stuff, at least, right? And, you know, it might be interesting sometimes to explore um, if there are, you know, paradoxes that involve other senses um oh that's a good question uh but right now thinking of vision stuff right so obviously images of any sort that are quote-unquote paradoxical that look paradoxical are mm. rare so they're not common right um they seem to um they seem to to kind of short circuit us right they have this characteristic in common um so what are they missing really what is that what is that's missing when, when compared to others to the other paradoxes that we have that we have uh highlighted is it the fact that there is no that we're man-made kind of i think that the difference is it's missing representation I think there can't be paradoxes in a presentation. I think paradoxes have to happen within a representation, which is a mental thing. Okay, so, the, but that's kind of, uh, how can we call it? Is that a preconception, though? We have established that for some, what's the reason why we have established that rule, right? Because we haven't, that? I think, because we haven't been able to come up with any alternative thesis but that could be it right because it seems like i i think it is this this reasoning that we just that you just presented like circular a little bit you're saying wait a minute 
those vision stuff cannot be paradoxical because they're not representations, right? But they're just presentations. And then, you, then I'm asking you, like, but why is that? Why does that point to the fact that they're not paradoxes? And you're telling me, well, because the only paradoxes that we have found are representational ones. So maybe maybe it works better when you set it up inductively rather than deductively. So you would say, like, any of the instances of things uh, we've come across called paradoxes involve not just presentation, but also at least representation and presentation, if not only representation. Mm-hmm. So this seems to indicate that paradox is not intrinsic within presentation itself. Because that mm. way you don't, you don't assume the conclusion, but rather say that all of the evidence seems to point to that. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, is that like yeah, better? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely better. Mm. I'm wonder, I don't know. I am, I'm not convinced that, uh, that those things are not paradoxes, but I can see the difference, right? Um, I'm just trying, what I'm not convinced of is the, the justification of why we don't call them paradoxes, right? Because I, I think that we have established, and uh, wait, what? Can you can you clarify again why we don't call what paradoxes? The images, the 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 the, 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 the Asher stuff. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I think what I, so. What I was saying before is that. Okay, so you know how, when someone says, like I told you about my roommate in. Uh, in grad school when we were talking about contradictions and mm-hmm. he was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, he was like super Hegelian and I feel like Hegelians tend to throw the, the term around contradiction a little too loosely. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, contradictions exist everywhere. And I was like, they don't exist anywhere. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then I said, as an example, three wheeled bicycle. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, he's like, well, that exists all the time. It's a tricycle. And I'm like, well, right. It's a it's a tricycle, right? If I said to you four sided triangle, mm-hmm. you wouldn't say that those things exist. Mm-hmm. You would say no, no. If there is a four sided thing, it is not a triangle. You can call it a triangle. So I think the drawings are similar to that. Okay. In the way, it's it's kind of like um, Wittgenstein's uh, nonsense, mm-hmm. right? You can manipulate linguistic symbols in a way that on the surface seems to present you yep, with yep. A, a nonsense or a contradiction or a paradox, but at the end of the day, um, it's just um, it's happening at the level of signifier rather than signify. I, I, I think I, the, the key word for me was manipulation, right? Those things, okay. are, those things are, they don't exist really. They're just manipulate. They're just like uh, like the Minos paradox, the Lernus paradox. They're mm. manipulation to give us the impression, but that doesn't mean that they're really there. They're, they're it's really like a metaphor. It's, yeah. a it's metaphor. It's not literally it's a, a stair a, that's infinitely going up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a, an artifact, which is the issue there, right? So they cannot be paradoxes cannot be manufactured. Otherwise, they're not paradoxes. All right, so that also cuts out the, all the science fiction stuff too, right? Mm. Those are not, because those are manufactured as well, right? 
because potentially because of that and potentially because they're paradoxical within a within a system like they are paradoxical within their system it's just like but maybe not, they have nothing to do with re yeah they're not real uh, yeah it's like if quotes. i told you oh there's this thing called tissueology mm-hmm. and within tissueology all beeps are boops but no boops are beeps yeah like yeah. like that's a paradox but yeah that does it okay i got you i'm wondering though if that's so i i could be on board with that and i'm wondering though if we apply that if we we make the rule very strict at that point even the topple thing goes away explain because at the end of the day in that case whoever come up came up with that paradox just manufactures something that wasn't really there because mm. there's really those are two different stages then at a certain point one becomes the other there's no real paradox there we just manufacture we human beings manufacture that but it's not there so it depends certainly on the linguistic level Mm-hmm. Right, because there's like verbal disputes, right? Mm-hmm. It is not called a tadpole; it is called a proto tadpole, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think the difficulty comes when you start to <coughs> move beyond language and start to talk about the underlying ontology of it. Mm-hmm. Assuming you do think there's an underlying ontology, mm-hmm. um, so <coughs> if you don't think there's a real ontological distinction between a tadpole and a frog then no there's no paradox this is what i was saying if you think if you're parmenides and you're like everything is one or if you're heraclitus and you think everything is changed then there's no paradox Mm -hmm. um or you just say no no no, there there is real distinctions and the distinctions are distinct from one another but the issue only comes like with regard to our conception yeah i mean either way it still involves the mental stuff i think yeah yeah, okay. So that that's not manufacturing in the sense though science fiction science fiction or uh the the images that we make, right? Yeah, it's not it's at least not on the same level. Are okay. Are some I don't know how to call this. Are some if we think of weird stuff in nature, right? Um I don't know. A lamb with two heads. Or, you know, any other natural strange stuff to occur, right? Are those things paradoxes? Okay. So when you said the thing about the lamb with two hands, a, hen, a lamb with two hands. Definitely paradoxical. <laughs> um, with two heads, I think I came up with a principle that I'm hoping you will agree with that explains why there is no reality-to-reality, presentation-to-presentation-based paradoxes or contradictions. Um, Because metaphysical impossibility... I want to phrase this the right way. Because matter-as-a-fact are contingent. Because the inverse of any matter-of-fact is possible, as Hume says. So precisely okay. because the inverse of any matter of fact is possible, there is no such thing as something like that. Whereas it's built into relations of ideas 
that the inverse is not possible. Like, it seems like contradiction is intrinsic to uh, conceptualization. But I don't know, though, because... No, because with the lamb with two heads, it's, it's still not contradictory because it can exist. But it would be contradictory for it to exist with two heads, but also not with two heads at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if that was possible, I suppose that would be paradoxical, but that's not possible. So are the reason... For, so are we also saying that one of the reasons why there's not that kind of paradox is, cannot exist is because within the empirical reality in theory everything is possible there's no impossibility there because there's no hard line definitions you're saying because as if in the abstract realm be, again because at, at the end of the day a lamb with two heads is not impossible it is possible right therefore it's not paradoxical and everything within matter, it is theoretically possible. There's Man. no impossibilities. Or is... I guess... So, first of all, I guess... Does, do paradoxes have to do with impossible things or just with, with contradictory stuff? Okay, this is like getting harder by the moment because when you're saying <laughs> the thing about uh, lamb with two heads, I suddenly had this question of like is he referring to the idea that a particular organism mm-hmm. can have two heads or is he saying that the concept of lamb can involve the concept of two-headedness. Both, I guess. But that's like... Mm-hmm. Well, let's... Are we talking about the universals or the particular? Because I... Uh, for talking... So, I, the first thing that I was thinking of was the particular one, of course. So, is it possible? And that I think that that is the thing that you can dismiss the way you did before, right? That's it, that has to do... But what about the universal stuff? So I agree with you that the particulars that can be written off because there's no, mm-hmm. no, there's no conceptualization in in like real particulars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the answer to the question as it relates to the universals depends on whether or not we think universals exist outside the mind. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they exist in the realm of universality depends on whether universals exist outside of the mind or not, mm-hmm. which is this problem that has been discussed it, from ancient times throughout the medieval time heavily and I suppose still today. If, I mean, if you're asking what do I think, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess I see a case for both. If by universality we mean qualities existing across particulars particulars showing up in patterned ways I'm like yeah I don't think that's random like mm-hmm. I think there has to be some kind of st- real structure but if you're thinking of universality strictly as conceptual lines then like mm-hmm. no that only exists mentally 
Um, so I feel like do we? This is, this is making my brain hurt at this point. Like, are we talking about? Is, is there such a thing as actual pattern similarity outside of the mind? I don't know. Um, but all I can say is definitely when I said that the paradox and it doesn't seem to exist within empirical nature. It seems to be because. Yeah, they're like they're just particular things happening. There's, there's not no, a prediction there, because they're just there's nothing thinking about it. There's no representation. It's just blah 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 blah, just stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, okay, when I go back to the question I asked you before, so is it is a paradox a matter? Does it deal with in contradictions or with impossibilities? Are things paradoxical because they're contradictory or because? they're impossible, assuming the two things are distinct, which I think they are. Okay, can I ask a question? Sure. Are you saying they're distinct for this reason, colon, that impossibility is a broader uh, category that contains contradiction, but there are other types of impossibilities besides contradiction? Uh, yes. Um, okay. Are, wait, though. That would imply that all contradictions are impossible. That would, according to the way I've Which, presented it. Which, if paradoxes is a real thing, that is not true. That's right. But if they are not a thing that exists outside the mind, it can be true. Yes, maybe. <laughs> I love when we're like, uh... <laughs> yes, no, because I'm thinking, so... Let's... Fact, right? Paradoxes exist. Okay. Forget where, but they do exist. Okay. You sound like, when you say fact, like you sound like those anti-smoking commercials. <laughs> like fact, cigarettes deliver. Buta, 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 buta. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, uh, we know we've, we've been talking about this for like two hours, right? So those things, not that everything that we talk about exists, but oh, I, they definitely exist, right? They exist in some way. Yes. Some it's like they can exist like uh, the, the same way a, a uh, I don't know a tree exists or a, or a horse exists or they might exist the same way Sherlock Holmes exists, but they do exist. There's existence there, right? And if they exist, this means that wherever they exist, they're not impossible because otherwise they could not exist. Correct. I think that would necessarily follow. If that's the case then not all contradiction well contradictions not all contradictions have to be impossible because if paradox involves contradiction and paradox exists therefore contradictions yes. have to be okay I unless yes <laughs> paradoxes don't involve contradiction and involves possibility and impossibility and that is different because in that case mm. what we're saying that things are paradoxical because they're showing us things that should not exist, they're impossible instead. Because they're showing themselves, it means that those things are possible. Okay. <clears throat> Which will save the <laughs> fact that contradictions are impossible. Okay. I am leaning towards... See, I was going to like think about it in a different way. But uh -huh. when I say it, like I'm wondering if you're going to think it falls into one of those categories. It's certainly not the first one, I don't think. Um... I would say a paradox 
is the same thing as this the the acts of <laughs> signification such as five-sided triangle i think a paradox is it exists and what it is is an area that seems to show some type of discrepancy between mental phenomena and mental phenomena or mental phenomena and empirical phenomena in which something appears contradictory and yet exists. I mean, that's what, it, that's what a paradox is. Okay. But, but because it is ultimately... I have so many questions, Scott. <laughs> a, a, a problem with, like, our software. Okay. It preserves the premise that contradictions don't exist, but just seemingly can exist in surface-level linguistic ways. So if what I understand, if I understood what you're saying, and my, uh, the way I translate this in my brain is, you don't believe that paradoxes really exist. You, no, be think, you, you I, believe I, that they're either verbal disputes or just mistakes that somehow can or cannot be corrected, but they're mistakes. They're not really paradoxes. They're not really contradictions and or possibilities slash impossibilities. I mean, if you're using that language, something like that, but I would say they do exist, just not in the way we typically think they exist. But didn't we say that if they can be... I mean, what I hear is this. So you're saying that at the end of the day, the issue, it's not in reality for sure. The issue is this use, and I think the keyword there is the one that uses discrepancy between our software and the hardware, right? It's like a bug. Mm. Um, but if that's the case, if it is a discrepancy, uh, it's, when there's a discrepancy between, I don't know, uh, my my, I don't know, by what I think I've spent and what my credit card is showing me, there was a mistake somewhere, right? And then if the paradox is just a mistake, it can be solved. And if paradoxes can be solved slash desolved, they're not real paradoxes because we said the paradoxes are those things that cannot be solved or dissolved. It's kind of like, <laughs> this reminds me of um, Dennett in, in a, he has this essay called explaining the magic and he puts mm -hmm. magic in quotes of consciousness mm -hmm. and then he talks about this book by someone he knows uh, I can't remember his name but he talks about street magic in India mm -hmm. and he says someone comes up to me and says can, can you do a magic trick and then he'll, he'll be like oh yeah and he'll do something mm -hmm. you know like oh like a magician would do and then they go no not that real magic mm -hmm. and then so he says so in other words real magic is the magic that doesn't exist and then the magic <laughs> that does exist you say is not real magic and the way that relates in this case is i'm saying the thing par the paradoxes that do exist are not actually paradoxes yeah contradictory in that way that you're saying mm -hmm. um something like this i suppose yeah okay. is what i'm saying it's a name for like a fun little mental puzzle that arises because of some type of 
again, it might not just be a screw up that we can solve. Mm-hmm. Because I I don't think it's like an accidental bug. I do think it's like necessarily baked into the cake of the relation of the mind to itself and things outside. Yeah, yeah. So it's the imperfection. But I think I I think that the words that you're using are that you're using are uh, revealing, right? You're calling it a puzzle, a discrepancy, which are all things that can, if we get the perfect tool, can be resolved somehow, right? If somehow a kid was born without those necessary imperfection of the mind you would not the kid will not incur into those paradoxes if he, if the kid was born without the bug that it's necessary for yes i get the analogy i guess i'm trying to say like i just don't want someone to hear that and be like oh so if only we were our consciousness was like better but I'm saying no, it's like, not about no, better. It's different, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. Not it's better. just it's like the structure. Just insofar as there is a structure, mm-hmm. there is a limit. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, got you. and it's areas where the like you said, where the windows, where the limit shows. But I think, yeah, yeah. I I think that this uh, maybe this is where we are a little bit in disagreement here. Well, I think we generally agree on the on the methodology, if you want, right? I think that the the difference becomes metaphysical or ontological when it comes to those things. Because I do believe that there are some paradoxes that are there, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not, they're just, uh, and I don't know why they're there, but I think they are real, right? They're real with with a capital R. reality to reality ones? Uh, Not necessarily. I just think that it's not, how can can I say Because otherwise I think I agree with you but you don't really do, though, because you're saying that that those things, they're, again, it's the real magic thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying that there's not real magic there. Well, I'm saying, well, some of these are the real magic. You just think it's a trick, but it's not a trick. No, I, I think <laughs> – I don't th- – okay, I, I think the language is – I think contradictions don't exist. Yeah, that's. And I, I think that that is. You the, agree with that part, right? Y- yes, maybe. I, okay. I, um, I think the contradictions cannot exist within our system of thought, within the rules of thought that are given by the structure of our mind. But this doesn't mean that they do not exist in the in the nominal world, right? Okay, so totally the, understand. So that I don't know. I mean, if you ask me, like, can we think and communicate? So, and ultimately, to me, this is the thing that convinces me that contradictions are not possible. And the system that I that I that I just described is the fact that we could not function mentally, and especially we could not communicate if contradictions were a possibility. Because language works the way it works, I, ultimately we had to admit that contradictions are not a thing of our mental structure. Because if we admitted them, then it's a mess, right? Okay, I have so one almost kind of almost instrumentally. <laughs> Okay, I have one maybe final-ish question. 
Okay. Because I'm going to push back a little bit. I can imagine that. <laughs> um, but don't you think that these laws are also laws of being? Because what you're mm. saying is not that I can't think something is and not is at the same time in some way, but you are saying it literally cannot be and also not be at the same time and in the same way. And if you agree that it's a rule of being mm. and not just thought, d like, would you then have to commit yourself to saying being and thought are synonymous and, and noumenal things are not being? No, wait, wait. Uh, wh why do you think I'm saying that uh, also? Uh, what did I say that's, that made you, made you think that that I think that those are laws of beings, rather. Because maybe I, I, I might have said that, but I'm just... I'm, you I'm, did not say it right now. I'm, but we have talked about Okay. But we have talked about in the past. And, like, given that and what you just said, I was curious. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm not sure that that is the case, actually. Um, and I don't remember... Well, I don't know which one of our conversations... Uh, you well, I think recalling. we were talking about Aristotle, and we said, okay. like, oh, yeah, he defines it as a... No, for, for him, there are laws of beings. There's no doubt about it. For and him. you would say that maybe it's, it's not. That's like an overstatement. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's mm. an overstatement. Because, again, I can be on board. I am 100% on board with saying that those are laws of thought. No doubt about it. I agree 100% that because of the way we're made, that for sure because of the way we're made, I don't know if it is because of... They might be somewhere else, but the thing that I can know with certainty is because of the way we're made, the way you can call it consciousness, you can call it the way our brain is made, whatever we want to call it, right? We need to exclude contradiction from that. The laws that regulate that cannot declare there cannot be any contradiction. And as I said, this is clear to me, and I accept that not because I have hard evidence of that, by analyzing consciousness, but for the simple reason that I think that they all endeavor that it's called communication and language and stuff like that could not work if we would allow that into our being, right? Into our in the, into the laws of of thought. Okay. That that is the, that is the the thing that I'm saying. Um, what was I saying that though? I forgot. Um, yeah, I th so I think to summarize, the reason you were saying it was because to me. The law of non-contradiction is that something cannot be and also not be at the same time and in the same way. Mm -hmm. And for this reason, paradoxes can't actually exist in the way we typically think they exist. Mm -hmm. Whereas for you, the law of contradiction is not a thing cannot be and be at the same be and not be at the same time and in the same way, but rather a thing cannot thought to cannot be thought to be and not be at the same time and in the same way. Mm -hmm. Therefore, while contradictions you're saying can exist within the thinking, you, and uh, you are not s including that to extend to things beyond thought because you don't have definitive evidence of that. And even, yes. though, you, even though you don't have definitive evidence of paradox ex existing outside those confines, 
you're saying that you believe it's still possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would say so. That's and that. I, <laughs> and I would say also that maybe a way to save the idea, you know, if you really are married to the idea that contradictions cannot exist in the world of being either, right, as well, right? In, then a good way to frame a paradox and still saying the paradoxes exist for real, uh, it is to, to make paradoxes not about contradictions, again, but make paradoxes about possibilities and impossibilities. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, a paradox is a window into the fact that something that shouldn't be possible, it is instead possible. And in that case, it's not just contradiction. It's, you're not talking about contradictory stuff, but you're talking about things that might look impossible that instead all of a sudden seem possible. Mm. I don't know if it makes a difference there. Yeah, it might. It might. So at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> laughing because I'm like, this was like incredibly more complex than I thought it was going to be. Just with, just with <laughs> the, um, the disagreement one. So I think... Yeah. The next, the, the, the past couple of them, we have said yeah. previously, like, okay, we're gonna do this because we're gonna take it easy. It's, it's the end of the semester, or we're on Zoom, so let's not do anything too complex. Yeah, real head scratchers here. And, and then we, we, isn't that philosophy, right? You walk into something like, oh, this is easy, and then nope. It's true. It's 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 a beautiful irony of the situation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Plus, you know, I think it's uh, the more I look at you with the unicorn behind you. <laughs> this is like this is really the the perfect room to talk about paradoxical impossible things and That's contradictory stuff, right? I'll have to carry I'll get like a little figurine of a unicorn <laughs> and every time we do this I have to <laughs> You have to put the, the, the unicorn yeah. there. And this is Sophia, right? And, and I put her on the table. <laughs> there you go, there you go. I'm wondering, I wish there was a way in which we could link um the a couple of those images of Escher's images and stuff like that to to the podcast somehow. I was I, I, I wish Yeah, it I'll was put a- the, the links in the descriptions or just the titles of mm-hmm. the work so that way people could, could like could, uh, yeah. search them online. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. That would be a good idea. All right, I think it's time to go, right? It's definitely time to go. We're <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll see you see you guys soon and we'll see, see you, you next time. pretty soon too all right see you right. see you later